there were eight games on Wednesday in the NBA. We're going to recap that. We're going to look at some news. We're going to look at whatever we need to look at from Wednesday in the NBA. Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it. Indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and if you're a fair dinkum Aussie, this is what you'd have for breakfast. A VB long neck at 20 to 8 in the morning. Get that up, ya. I'm also the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com. And you can find me on Twitter, as always, uncensored, at RedRock underscore B-Ball, on TikTok at RedRock underscore B-Ball, and on Instagram at LockedOnFantasyBasketball. Today's episode is brought to you by Jace Medical. Empower yourself when you purchase a Jace case, providing you with a personal supply of five antibiotics to treat 50-plus infections. Get yours today at JaceMedical.com. That's J-A-S-E Medical.com. Thank you also for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free and we are available on all platforms. Eight games on today, lineup shenanigans, blowouts, players injured and guys stepping up. There's a lot of stuff for us to cover, so we're going to get cracking right now. And we're going to take a look at what we need to look at. We will just start by having a look at some news that has uh, dropped. And one of those is the news on Draymond Green's suspension. It is five games. Wow. Didn't think the NBA would go as hard as that. I think they should have gone harder, but whatever. Five games. I thought they'd give him one. So that rules him out for a week and a bit. It is only a couple of quality game days in there. I do think that given how well he had been playing, you probably do want to hold on to him. Um, But obviously it's frustrating. But what this does open up is a gigantic opportunity. There is no Steph for at least Thursday's game. And they said that they'll reevaluate him later in the week. So I'm going to guess he doesn't play Saturday as well. And I would expect Steph maybe back middle to end of next week. And now there's no Draymond for all of next week as well. So Sharich was going to start anyway. He's the ad, right? We add Sharich for this short term. Brandon Pajemski, I think, benefited a lot from Steph being out, but also a lot from Clay being out. But he's someone to watch. Whether he takes all of Moody's minutes and we eliminate all of the Corey Joseph nonsense remains to be seen. I don't think that this means huge amounts for Kaminga. We saw it last game. He did nothing. He didn't step up. He could, but he would be priority behind Dario Saric in this scenario. And in the Kelly Oubre situation, um, report today was that maybe he's back at the end of November. So that's like two weeks away, which seems uh, remarkably quick considering the the way that they discussed this injury at first. He's going to have significant time off. Two and a half weeks is not significant time off, but we'll see exactly what um, what that does and when he comes back and all that stuff. We've got we're going to talk about the Sixers and their rotation and the difficulty in streaming in fantasy because of the stuff that goes on. And of course, the coaches don't care about fantasy and nor should they, nor am I asking them to. But it is frustrating to try and figure out what is going to happen. So that's what it's where we're at. Ubre, again, you could look at Ubre as a guy to stash and grab, but honestly, his production was falling away anyway. He was moving towards being a borderline 12-team category guy. Probably more so a must in points than categories, but we saw once the shooting dropped away for him that the production wasn't quite there. So I'm not thinking that that's a must stash, a type situation. 
So that's where we're at uh, with that. I'm not going to do the waiver wire trends. We did a show earlier today, like five hours ago, talking about waiver wire trends. So no need to get into that. But what we can get into is just straight into the games. And it wouldn't be a day in the NBA without the Wizards getting their pants pulled down because they got spanked again by the Dallas Mavericks in this one. The score, 130 to 117, the final score here. This team is embarrassing. Look, we've seen bad teams in the NBA before. But honestly, I can't quite remember a team that's got legitimately okay players. Like, you can talk process sixes or as... Americans would say, and I just realized this now, that I would say process, and you would say process. The process sixes. They didn't have real quality NBA players. This team does. And you can think whatever you want about Poole or Kuzma or Jones or Gafford or even a Kispert. They shouldn't be getting beaten the way that they're getting beaten. It's embarrassing. Like, it's horrible stuff. It's really, really bad. And it's causing uh, frustration. Let's talk Dallas. Derek Lively, 24 minutes, 17 and 9 with two blocks. Really an amazing performance. He should be on somebody's roster. In in 12-team points leagues, probably not. 12-team category leagues, yes. And I don't know where we sit with Derek Jones Jr. because there's a real pattern here. Kyrie is out. He steps up. 20 points, two threes, seven rebounds, one steal, two blocks, 73%. He's top 75 over his last five games. I've got him on a 12-team roster. He doesn't have to be rostered, but, you know, that's pretty good. And I, I'd be considering him. Tim Hardaway had 31 with seven triples in 27 minutes. He did bang his knee late, so we'll see how that goes. He just is the same guy that he always is. A points and threes guy who has fluctuating shooting percentages, which makes it hard to label him must roster at any point. Luca, 26, 7, and 10, didn't shoot well. In fact, from both percentages, he has really sort of dropped the last couple of games in terms of those shooting numbers in particular, but still obviously racking up big numbers. And it was finally a, a solid Grant Williams night. 10 points, 7 assists, but we don't look at that as a 12-teamer. We had 37 minutes from Josh Green, which sounds great. No Kyrie, Green starts, and then he went scoreless. Missed all four of his shots and had four rebounds. He has regressed significantly. A lot of the shooting numbers for him last season seemed a little fluky, but he's been dreadful. We don't need to roster him anywhere. And then Seth Curry had 15 points in his um, 20 minutes on six of six shooting. Just This is just a product of it being an absolute ass kicking. We also got two minutes of Rashawn Holmes, so that's that. On to the Wizards. Jordan Poole, this is what I don't understand about this team. They were getting their asses kicked. They pulled all their starters, and then they, they put Poole back in at the end. Like, why? I, I'm, it's, I'm okay with it, and you're okay with it for fantasy, but, but why? Why did Tyus Jones play 22 minutes? Why did Daniel Gafford play 24? Why did Jordan Poole get put back in to play 32? I don't know. I'm not saying that Jones and Gafford played particularly well, because they didn't, nor did Kyle Kuzma, but he's still got 30 minutes. I, nothing on this team makes any sense. As for Poole, better. It's still not good. And he's just, uh, is he just an absolute dropkick? Uh, maybe he is. I think he is. Uh, but I also know that there is still more that can come here. Why is he not getting any free throws at all? Why is he not getting any ball handling stuff or assists? It's just not happening. He still can't shoot, which again, he has shown that he can in the past. It's really frustrating. 16-5-3 with two threes, 35%, two of two from the line. Look, it's better. It's not good, but it's better. And all you can do is hold at this point. Kuzma, we talked so much about how the shooting was just at levels that couldn't stick. 22-6-3. Um, at least he went 8 of 10 from the line. That's encouraging. But 33%, 6 of 18 from the field. He just shoots too much. While Gafford, another 10-9, and nine, which is good. 83%, which is good. But the low minutes, he was getting cooked. He was a minus 16. Still not the worst on the team because it was two other guys worse, Kuzma and Jones. And the, the rotations continue to be frustrating. 
And Jones had 12-3-2 and two in 22 minutes. Now, a lot of the questions I get is, what do I do with Tyus Jones? Like, the bloke's not even in the top 150 for the season. He's not in the top 170. He's outside the top 200 over his last five games. The minutes are all over the place. The upside for him versus a Kuzma or a Pool is nowhere near there, or even a Gafford. It's getting to... If I'm in a 10-team league, I would drop him. If I'm in a 12-team points league, I would drop him. In a category league, I probably would hold. But to me, this team, there's so many uncertainties, not only game by game, but week by week. Are they going to trade? Like, Jones should be traded. Kuzma should be traded. But will they? Will they do anything with this? I don't know. Bilal Kalabali, 28 minutes, 10 and 8, two threes. This is, again, not not the problem with Bilal, because it's still pretty good, right? It's that you're going to have these nights where there are big numbers and they come a lot with defensive production, but he had eight usage. He should be on a roster, but there are going to be ups and downs while Abdia, only 24 minutes for him. Still low minutes, but 15, 3, and 4 with three steals is good. He's been a little up and down, but still putting up really strong numbers. And I'm glad that they went with him in the starting lineup after sort of jerking him around over the last um, couple of seasons. So good to see him. Good to see him getting some of the playing time that um, sort of eluded him earlier on in his career. Today's episode is brought to you by Fangel. Score early this NFL season with Fangel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers can get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. Put that bet on the Wizards opponent, well, maybe you're going to get $150 in bonus bets. Maybe. If you've been thinking about joining Fangel, there's never been a better time to get in on the action. It's so easy to use. The, the app is easy. There's spreads, there's totals, there's player props, there's futures, there's parlays. We can go and have a look at some of the futures in the NBA for awards. If I look at Defensive Player of the Year, Rudy Gobert is back in prime position as the favorite for Defensive Player of the Year. Then it's Anthony Davis, then it's Jaron, then it's Wimbanyama. Hmm, some iffy choose choices there. But that's where we're at on Fangio with the odds. So go to Fangio.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season. Fangio is an official partner of the NFL and don't forget to gamble responsibly. All right, let's go to the second game. The Bucks uh, comfortably handled the Raptors 128-112, and that's without Giannis. Lillard was great, and that's awesome because he had been struggling, obviously. But despite all these struggles, over the last five games, Lillard is 17th. 37, 4 and 13, four threes, two steals, an amazing 15 of 16 from the line. He's getting so many free throws this season. So many. And Malik Beasley popped off. 30 points, eight triples, 79% shooting. Do not chase this, please. Yes, there are more minutes available for him with Crowder out. He didn't get them last game, but he just got more opportunity here. The shots went in. He was a plus 34. It all worked out spectacularly. If you want to stream someone for threes, he's always going to be in that mix, but we don't need to add him in 12s. Good game from Brook Lopez. In fact, a fantastic game. This might be a great opportunity, actually. It's a great opportunity for me to tell you about something that I've been teasing, I've been talking about, We've been putting a couple of players from this Bucks team on Washed Watch. Yeah, there we go. Finally, a graphic for Washed Watch. Is Lopez and Lillard washed? Well, maybe not when they play the Raptors. 10, 8, and 4 for Brook. One steal, seven blocks. Now, the shooting's still not great, but this does elevate him just on the border of the top 100. We obviously still keep rostering him and hope we can get more of these big block games. With no Giannis, they did not start Bobby Portis, which was a little bit of a surprise. They started Andre Jackson instead, but it didn't really matter. I don't really know what the point of it was because Portis played 31 minutes and Jackson played 17. Um, 18 and 7 for Punch Bob. 
Two blocks, two threes, 64%. His value is always good, but the problem with him is it just requires other players to be out. And in this case, it's Crowder and Giannis. We roll with it, and then we can deal with it later on. The slowest ramp up in the world. Oh, should we do it again? We're on washed watch for Chris Middleton. I'm going to overuse this, I know. Um, Middleton, the slowest ramp up in the world. 20 minutes. 11, 5, and 4 with two steals. Overall, that's not even a disastrous line. And that's why I think you want to hold. Like he's inside the top 150 playing like 18 minutes a night. He's 109th over the last five games playing 20 minutes a night. I don't know when it's going to change. I don't know when it's going to tick over. But his actual permanent production is okay. He just he still doesn't look like he's close to sort of getting back to where he needs to be, which is unfortunate. Not much else going on there. Paddy Connaughton, just the three points in 22. And even though there is the injury to Crowder, we definitely do not add Pat Connaughton. For the Raptors, Scott Barnes was the only one to really impress here. 29, 9, and 7, 3, 3. Shot well from the field, from the line. Those two blocks per game uh, have uh, dipped pretty precipitously, but the other stuff is still really good. And he was a minus 24, so that's not ideal, but that's not the worst because the prestige penis himself, grade A dick, he got his first start. You would say, or if you were an immature person, you might say that Grady Dick flopped in his first appearance in the starting lineup, but that's not me. He had 11 points, zero rebounds, Shot 20%, much like my success rate with Dick. I don't know what that's supposed to mean, but I thought it was going to be funny, but I don't know what it means. 11-0-2 with a steal. He did hit his free throws, but we don't need to roster Dick. Dennis Schroeder, only 23 minutes, 9-3-5 with two steals. He has plummeted after a really hot start. Really hot. And now it's shithouse. But he'll be okay, but he's fallen back outside the top 75 now. I think he's going to push around the top 100 mark for the rest of the year. And then we got an interesting thing. And if you just watched this or looked at this box score, which you're doing, and you may not have context behind this, but you'd look at Yucca Pearl and you go, all right, let's go. We're, we're rolling here. 13 and 11, four steals and two blocks. 60% shooting. I love it. That's what I'm here for. I love it. But it didn't really work out that way because he was benched. Precious Achua, the big sneeze, started the second half. And we went, oh no, what's going on here? Pertle came in, got them back into the game, and posted a big line. So now, I don't know what to make of it. At the end of the game, post-game, Darko said, um, yeah, look, this is something we might just do. Just wanted to get something out there with more mobility on pick and rolls and switches, blah, blah, blah. But it didn't really change anything in terms of Pertle's numbers. In fact, it helped them. So I don't really know what to make of it. That's great. Four steals is never happening regularly. But 13, 11, two blocks, could. It's fine. I just my confidence level is a little shook though in where Pirtle sits. As for Achua, like played few minutes despite starting the second half, eleven and four with a pair of blocks. While Boucher had a block and nine points, nine rebounds, and the little Pascal Siakam resurgence he fell away. Eleven seven and five, and we're not all that worried about the shooting numbers, which are concerning. But back to twenty usage, I can't figure it out. Like he was like twenty usage, twenty usage, twenty usage, thirty nine usage, thirty eight usage, twenty usage. Where's the pecking order? Where's the hierarchy? It didn't. It's not great that he just didn't do anything offensively and they got smashed. So maybe they do need to use him more. He is a confounding uh, player or problem at this point for fantasy managers in the season. The Boston Celtics, the Philadelphia 76ers, the Celtics without a bunch of guys, and they still get it done. They're fairly ominous. No Porzingis, no Jalen Brown. So it's time for the big fella, Al Horford, to step up. Now, last game, I said he was an interesting stream, and he shit the bed. 
Today, he had 14 and 8 with four threes, three assists, and five blocks. Just an amazing performance from Al on 14 usage. And Derek White, by low legend, Derek White, 27, 3, and 5 with four threes on 58% and nine free throw attempts. Sorry, nine free throw makes, 10 free throw attempts. He'd been rolling at minuscule usage. Jalen and KP go down. Everything ramps up. We love it. Fantastic. Tatum had 29, 8, and 6 with two steals as well. So big numbers for those three guys. And Holiday was good as well. They just were able to do stuff because guys were out, Pozingas and Jalen, as I said. Sam Hauser, who'd been just shooting it absolutely amazingly, did not. He had eight points with two threes in a 35-minute start. He still remains a three-point streamer, but some of the luster uh, came away there. And there's not really, uh, there's nothing else really to talk about. But let's talk about the Sixers. Because yesterday, they were without Kelly Oubre, of course. They were without Nick Batum. Exactly the same as today. Robert Covington started. We went, all right. Let's fire up our Bob Cubs. Let's see what we can get. Are we hearkening back? Or is he washed? Is he? I'm going to do it again. Was Rob Covington or washed wash? He was. And then, of course, he played 37 minutes. Look, you just can't predict this shit. That is, that is literally impossible to do, right? To try and understand how the minutes sort of go back and forward between... These guys. Now, yes, the matchup probably does suit Covington more here, but that is a 21-minute difference because the guys that... Re- well, I guess you could have looked at it and gone, yeah, they replaced him with Marcus Morris in last game, and that is not good for anybody. He uh, Marcus Morris isn't even on washed watch. He's cooked. We know that. He's been sizzled up for a while. Covington had 16-6 and six with two steals, and I guess we're back on the horse. At least until Batum returns, he's some stream value, but it is going to be up and down. 34 minutes again for De'Anthony Melton. The wave pool had 16 and 7 with five threes on 50% shooting. Starting to round into form. I don't know what the minutes will look like when Ubre comes back, but theoretically, they shouldn't really be impacted at all. You should be able to just play these minutes every night. Marcus Morris was scoreless in eight minutes. He should not touch this rotation. Pat Beverly was minus 17 in 10 minutes. And the good thing is, is there are actual usable replacements because Jaden Springer, the package exists. Nine points, Two steals, 80%, plus 20. Paul Reed was a plus 15 in his minutes too. There's no reason for these crusty old bastards in Beverly and Morris to be playing as much as they are. I don't know why Nurse does it. He has no history with these guys. Is it a locker room respect thing? Morris was cooked three years ago. I don't I don't really get it. I don't really understand it. But I don't think it's, it's one of those ones where you watch it, you go, there's no way. Like, how does this continue? And I don't think it can. So if I'm in a deeper league, I am watching Jaden Springer and I am paying attention to some of the minutes here because he was really good. And if he's able to find himself in a role that is commensurate with the way that he's playing, which I think is possible, there is going to be some value, I think, there for him in um, in deeper, deeper formats. Today's episode is brought to you by the Jace Case. Brought to you by Jace Medical. The Jace Case is a set of five emergency antibiotics that you can have at home in case disaster strikes. It's doctor created and doctor recommended. You have these situations where you might not be able to access healthcare. You might live remotely. There might be earthquakes or landslides or tornadoes or floods or fires. And sometimes having these things at home is the difference between life or death. But it's not just that that the Jace case can provide because now they can give you your daily medications, yearly supplies of them and get them too, just to help navigate issues with supply chain difficulties 
and having the peace of mind of knowing you've got your medication at home. They've also got generic alternatives to things like Viagra and Cialis as well that you can get in year-long supply. So if you go to jacemedical.com, you can see some of the things that they can provide you on that year-long supply of your daily medications. Again, there is access to registered physicians, licensed pharmacies providing the medication as well. So go to jacemedical.com, use the code locked on for 20 bucks off your purchase. The website is jasemedical.com and the code is locked on and that will save you $20. I realize that I did all that and I didn't even talk about the main players and the sixes. So I'm going to go back in and I'm going to talk about them because I should have talked about Embiid having 20 and 9 with 7 assists. I should have talked about Maxi playing 39 minutes on a back-to-back. Nick Nurse never changed. 23 and 4. Maxi's efficiency did drop here, 40% shooting. I don't think that Tyrese, who is a first-round player this season, is going to remain a first-round player but I don't think he's going to be significantly far off. Like top 20, sure. And I don't even think I would sell high on it. Like who are you getting? You're not getting another first round guy back. So while there is, like it's not, it's not a zero chance of him maintaining first round value. It's probably 10%. And maybe he doesn't fall outside the top 25. I'd rather hold, hope on that small percentage he stays as a top 10 player. And if he doesn't, he doesn't fall that far. Like it's not, there's not an absolute no-brainer. This is definitely going to fall away 40 spots. I'd rather just hold him, I think. Well, the thick Hogsman was solid enough here. Toby Harris, 16, 7, and 3 in the old 38 minutes. So that, that's that. That's that game done. Let's go to the next one. The New York Knickerbockers. They get a victory over the um, Atlanta Hawks here. 116, 114 to the Knicks is the final score. There was no RJ Barrett again. With a migraine, he should be back for the next game, I would hope. But then uh, Quentin Grimes hurt his hand. They're calling it a bruise. He played 29 minutes, grimy. So that means that the Josh Hart minutes bump probably sticks. Hart played 33 minutes. He wasn't spectacular by any stretch. 9, 8, and 5. And his recent numbers aren't even super strong. The minutes have been up and down. And on a healthy team, I wouldn't roster him. But they're not currently healthy. So you do have Josh Hart. And then the Emmanuel Quickly roller coaster continued also. This was a good game. 20 points, 4 assists, 28 minutes, shot well. But we also know that he hasn't been reliable either, not even a top 120 player over the last five games. Some rough early shooting from Brunson. How did him and quickly have zero rebounds each? Brunson had uh, 24 points in 41 minutes. Like, calm down, Tom. Eight assists on 42%. Well, is the double Royal back? He might be Julius Randle because over his last five games, he's ranked 33rd. 29, 10 and 8, 50% from the field, 2 of 2 from the line, even generated a steal. You knew that those numbers initially were not going to stick. He was shooting absolutely horribly and it wasn't going to hold. It's probably not going to hold at this high level, but it's good to have him back. Robinson played 31 minutes, 6 and 15 for Mitchie with 3 steals and a block. Some good numbers there and the comical 5% usage for the Hawks. Trey Young returned, 34 minutes, 15 points, 17 assists and 2 steals. Soon... Some shots are actually going to fall for Trey because he took 12 shots and hit 33%. And he's going to go on a run where he averages 30 30 and 15 for like two weeks. At some point, they will fall. And even with them not falling, he's still a borderline first-round guy over the last week or so. And with Trey back, not surprisingly, DeJounte Murray took a step back. 13, 5, and 2. He shot 50%, and he's shooting really well this season. Um, His three-point percentage is is really quite high. Um... Yeah, but like this is just what the problem it is with Murray trying to get those numbers is that when Trey is there, it's harder for him to put up the numbers. And when Trey is gone, the ball runs through him like it did back in San Antonio and the numbers go up. That is a relatively simple equation. 
Jalen Johnson was great, 18 points, four threes, two blocks and a lead efficiency. While, uh, how about Bogdan? Moves to the bench, 29 minutes, 28, three and three with two steals and a block and eight of eight from the line. Yesterday, he struggled in the start, moved to the bench, put up big numbers. His steal rate is so high this season and he's putting up really good numbers. Uh, honestly, really surprising how good he's uh, good he's playing. How good, that's not English. How well he's playing. DeAndre Hunter, yes, he stinks. Five points in 26 minutes, we drop him. While the depressed penis, that's two solid games in a row for Bay. 16 and a lot of riches there. Two threes, two rebounds, two assists, and two steals on 70% shooting for Bay. Do I want to roster him? Nah, I don't think so. I think I'm all right. I'll stream him in. That's sort of what we use it for. Like he, the reason I was picking him in round 11, round 12 of drafts is because, A, he was falling to me. I thought that they were going to start him. He'd play 31 minutes. He might get 15 points with three threes. But like I said a million times, I don't think he's particularly good. But I also do think he might be better than DeAndre Hunter. And he's producing numbers which are okay, enough to be considered a nightly 12-team stream sort of scenario, but absolutely not someone you have to hold on to under all circumstances. 22 minutes for Okongwu, 26 for Capella. Okongwu remains a category league hold, but not a points league hold. I think people sometimes misunderstand, even though I've said it a million times, but that's fine. You can't always catch what I say. As for Okongwu, someone said, hey, do I hold him in 10-team points? Absolutely not. You don't even hold him in 12-team points. You'd be waiting only for a trade for that to be useful in that scenario. But in a category league, he still provides value in a backup role. And then if a trade occurs, his value goes through the roof. But in points, he's probably 30, 40, 50 spots worse. So you don't have to be holding him uh, in that sort of scenario, I don't believe. Not much else going on there. I don't think so. Let's take it across to the next game. It is the Orlando Magic, Uh who were up high, up high, up big, and then the Bulls. The Chicago Bulls came roaring back. Good for them. Gogo Badadze got the bulk of the minutes this time. It had been a really 22-minute split basically every game, and he played 26 here, Gogo. Interestingly, that meant that very few minutes went to anyone else at center um, outside of him and Wagner. 15-11 with two steals for for Gogo, who is a 12-team-ish sort of a player. The same as Mo, who had five and four in 20 minutes. Bad game from Mo. Good game from Goga. Last game was a good game from Mo, bad game from uh, Goga. It's a bit all over the place. And that makes them solid enough, but we don't put tremendous value on them. Cole Anthony, only 22 minutes, which is more of a red flag to me than anything. No faults, and he played 22 minutes. He had 16, 5, and 3, and shot well, but he's so up and down, and the minutes not pushing up is concerning, while Anthony Black is just so far away from it at the moment. 7, 4, and 2 in 27 minutes. He's getting minutes, but he's nowhere near contributing anything for fantasy. Polo really struggled with both percentages, but 17 and 9. While Franz, in a bit of a slump here, Wagner, I would be looking to buy low. 177th over his last five games. A bit of a struggle street here for Franz, who had 13, 2, and 3, and the shot just not falling. But what about John Isaac? The, the, the yokai himself, he who shall not be named, Lord Voldemort, is back, and he played on a back-to-back. 17 minutes with seven rebounds, two steals, and two blocks. That's really good. Now, before we all start getting, I don't know what the right word is, um, moist, whatever it is, something, it's still only 17 minutes. He's still only ranked 223rd over the last five games. Like, it's more just a defensive stat streamer that we're keeping an eagle eye on. There's no really clear path for 25 minutes here. There isn't. But if you're looking for defensive stats, he can obviously bring that. 
Gaz Harris returned. He had six points in 21. While Suggsy played 27 minutes, bad shooting again, but five assists for Jalen with three steals, 10 points, two threes. He should be on a roster. For the Bulls, DeMar DeRozan was out with personal reasons. He may return Friday. He may not. So they started Patrick Williams, who played 32 minutes, had nine and nine with two blocks. Now he shot another sub-30% game, 29% from the from the field. But the two blocks is nice. He is looking like a defensive stat streamer. I don't mind using him while DeRozan is out. The big fellow, the rabbit hunter, Alex Caruso. 16, five and three, two threes and a block. Honestly, this is actually like no cap. Is he their best player? Like I know he isn't, right? But it's always he's just always doing something. I think you probably do want to roster him in 12-team leagues, but you just know that something's going to go wrong at some point. Vooch started slowly in his revenge game, but picked it up towards the end, 17-9 and in 36 minutes. A little bit inefficient. Not bad numbers from Vooch, who is 42nd for the season and 35th over the last two weeks. Had a little nice little stretch of games. Well, Levine stinks, man. Like He's so bad at the moment. I don't know what's going on with him because he was clearly better than this last season. But he's also one of those guys that you've never been able to sort of build a winning team around. And now it's actually translating into box score numbers too. 19-6 and six with four threes on 38%. It is a buy-low opportunity because I don't think he's this, this bad, but it's been terrible. And you want to talk terrible? Kobe White, five points in 33 minutes with one rebound and one assist and shot 20%. He still played 33 minutes, so that is your shining light. That is your silver lining to hold on. And I would hold him, but that was a terrible performance. And then we had randomly four minutes for Julian Phillips. I'm not really sure why. I think that was early, like even in the first quarter. Came in and they went, ah, no, thank you. They got cooked, but they did bring it back towards the end to make it a closer contest than it looked like it was going to be. Let's go to the next one. This was a pretty sizable beatdown. We've got stuff to talk about on the Phoenix side of things, but for the, uh, the well, better tell you the score. The Suns beat the Wolves 133-115. Another low-minute game for Jaden McDaniels. 23 minutes, 13-2-3 with two steals. Now, the two steals are nice. The 60% shooting is nice. The 22 usage is actually nice. But I don't know if this is worth holding on for. He had some foul trouble. It was a blowout. He just doesn't pop. For category leagues. And in, even in points leagues, he's 217th, averaging 17 fantasy points. I I don't okay, again, maybe the, I, I'm not I'm not committed to this, I'm not fully on board with it. But I'm also not someone who thinks, well, yeah, just wait, top hundred breakouts coming. I definitely don't think that. But I, I do think that we just may not need to hold him. Go bear just the 25 minutes, but he did have two blocks, he had eight rebounds. Somehow can't shoot anymore. Another sub-50% shooting night, which is weird. Well, Towns is actually cooking at the moment. Towns is 11th of his last five games. 25 and 7, 59%. It was actually a stinking Anthony Edwards game, who, despite some people taking him in the first round and early second, is really not, not at that spot, especially of late. 13, 4 and 4, triple 1, 25%. Now, he is, he's been really good. I'm not saying he's been bad, but... He's taken some steps forward, but I don't know. Has he taken enough to justify where he was picked? I'm not sure that he has. He's been pretty good, though. Nazareth Reed, 13-9 in, in 19 minutes. That's okay, but it is feeling like him on a 12-team roster slot's probably more useful to stream in, into, that, into that zone, while Conley had 14 in 22 minutes. That just tells you how much of a blowout this was, just the minutes here. And yeah, 18 points doesn't seem like much, but it was over very, very quickly. On the Suns, Bradley Beal, Kevin Durant, Devin Booker. They're here. They're ready. First game. 
Frank Vogel, what do you think? Yeah, Beal and Booker, they're going to be on minutes limits. Yeah, okay. Yeah, okay. Oh, Eric Gordon will be fine. No minutes limits there. Like two hours later, an hour later, oh, Beal's actually not playing. Why? What's, what, what's going on? And then the report from Dwayne Rankin, who really is digs deep into the Suns, knows a lot about the Suns. Right? For, actually, former Locked On Suns host. He, um, yeah, he was like, yeah, this actually, problem actually flared up at shoot around this morning. So again, just lying out of our asses all day. So Frank Vogel knew this. Nah, Bill's fine. Yeah, nah, he's, yeah, he'll be on some sort of minutes. Yeah, the minutes limit's zero. They knew this. The back problem flared up. And Bradley Bill, you are on washed watch. Because we didn't really have any idea of this back problem. He missed a couple of games in the preseason, but nothing. And then I think it was like game one of the start of the season when, hey, shout out to the uh, screaming, talking heads, criticizing the Suns for being soft and resting Bradley Beal on opening night for load management. Um, then it sort of, then I saw it come out there that, yeah, he actually dealt with this problem through in Washington and they mishandled it, is the report that I saw. And I wish I could find that report. I went back to try and look for some stuff and maybe I, maybe I imagined it, but at the start of last season, Beal did have some problems with his back and had to leave and come back from a few games for Washington. It wasn't why they shut him down at the end of the season, but he did have some back problems last season. And I am in the position here of, this is what, three times that this has flared up again? He looks absolutely uncomfortable on the court. I don't know if it's a structural thing, a continual back spasm thing that's brought on by other structural issues. I am I am I'm very very worried about this. This is not to me a scenario where it'll be fine. I I, I don't know any of this, of course. But when you try and piece all that together, hey yeah, this was a problem that was maybe mismanaged last season. And the the thing that I saw about it was like, yeah, this was mismanaged last season, but the Suns obviously looked through their you know, they were able to pass it off on the trade on the physical, but you know, they're taking it cautiously now. Okay. Back problem, a 12-month-plus time frame on it, continual setbacks, that's really not good for Brad Beal. And I just wish I knew of this in September and October, but I didn't. So very frustrating. They went with a different lineup. They put Eric Gordon and Grayson Allen in the starting lineup. Not a Kogi, not Bates Diop. Allen had 14 points with three threes. Gordon had 15 points with three threes and three assists. Both solid streamers. And then Devin Booker returned, played 26 minutes, had 31, 4, and 5 on 55% shooting. Uh, this guy's unbelievable. He's, he's, he's dealt with three leg injuries, Booker, and he's been awesome in every game that he's played. And he played three of them. I hope he stays healthy. Durant had 31, 6, and 6 on elite shooting. This was a clear blowout. And then we get Eubanks, 13, 4, and 3 in 20 minutes, while Nurk had uh, just 24 minutes. But again, it was a huge blowout. The, the story here is Beal, and that um, extends some of the value for Allen and Gordon. But we don't know. Beal might be okay next week, and all of my hullabaloo there might be meaningless, and he never has a back problem ever again. I don't think that is the case, because even in the games that he played, he was you know, wearing pads and warming things on his back. I, At this point, if I had to put a guess on it, I'd say under 40 games for Beal. Complete guess. So I wouldn't be buying low on him in a trade. I just wouldn't. And if I've got him, you're shit out of luck. I don't know what you can do. I've got him. I've got him on two teams. I'm shit out of luck. I can't do anything with it. And I just wish I knew. Because this wasn't the injury, again, 
that sat him down at the end of last season. And it is looking very, very discouraging. All right, let's do the last two games of the day now. Uh, Both not particularly close. The Cavs beat the Blazers 109-95. There was no Darius Garland, but it didn't really matter that much for Cleveland. Mitchell had 34 with six rebounds, five threes and four assists, and shot 65%. Mobley went 21-12 with three blocks on 73%. Levert had 17-8-6, two steals and a block on 47%. Levert's been amazing this season. Like we can talk, Mobley and Mitchell fine. They're sort of doing what they do, right? But Levert's been fantastic. Sort of reining himself in, shooting better, playing some defense. He's been awesome. He's a must roster player. Encouragingly, 29 minutes from Jarrett Allen. 11 and 9 with three blocks and 100% shooting. While Max Struess had seven assists. I don't know what we make of this game, honestly. Like they're all unbelievable numbers. Dean Wade started though, played 33 minutes and had zero points. He was an interesting role player about two years ago, and he has not recovered from that shoulder injury last season. And outside of those guys, no one did anything. George Niang has really struggled this season, has not been able to get anything going with his shot. Like he was better here, one of two from three, but he struggled. And then uh, old mate, um, unknown player as well, Craig Porter Jr. We've got another unknown player on the other side. Craig Porter Jr. had four points in eight minutes for the Blazers. Matisse Thibel, 26 minutes off the bench. This is not a Richie Benno, this is a Chris Gale. Three threes, three rebounds, three assists, three steals, a block 83% in 26 minutes. Absolutely streamable for defensive stats, but not a must-roster guy. The guy that started in place of him, Tamani Kamara, went scoreless, and he had three assists and two steals. We're only looking at him as deeper leagues. It was, I would call it, kindly, piss-poor from DeAndre Ayton. That's kind. This, this man is one of the most frustrating players in the NBA. Six and six, 30% shooting, no steals, no blocks, no assists, no threes, no free throw attempts. Like the man's embarrassing at times. Sometimes he's good. This is embarrassing. This is shit house. Someone dropped this nickname on um, Basketball Monster. I love it. The Great Barrier Wreath. <laughs> Doop. 16 points, two rebounds, three assists, and two threes. It would be nice if you could add him on Yahoo, but you can't. He's only been on the roster since September. Ridiculous. ESPN and Yahoo having an ineptitude off. Porter, Reith, who's going to score the more points? Well, we can't actually do it because we don't have him on our system. Reith looks like he's got the backup spot over Moses Brown. He's not going to be good every night, but that's two good games out of three for Dwop. So, or Dwop. How do I say Dwop? Yeah, Dwop. So he can be a, uh, a deeper league guy for sure. Jeremy Grant, speaking of infuriating, 17 points on 17 shots. This guy, if low efficiency legend for shit teams. That's his like uh, historical epitaph for not not for his life, but for his basketball career. Three rebounds, two steals, another frustrating play. While Skylar May has got 31 minutes, 13, one and four. It's not blowing you away, but it should be on a 12-team roster until someone returns. He shot 31% and Shaden Sharp. 40-minute legend played 27. I think he's exhausted. He was minus 27. And I talked about this, I think on the pregame show today. Someone said, hey, should we be a little bit worried about Shaden? Like, yeah. You should be. And this is why. Now, you can't do anything and sell high after this game, but you should be because you've been playing 40 minutes a night, but not really ramping anything up apart from just that slight, that increase based on big minutes, not taking on big usage, not being unbelievable, just being solid. And I do think he probably does start, but I'm not 100% sure of it when everyone comes back. And I don't know that he's going to maintain must roster status all season. I'm not saying to drop him at all, but... I don't know. I've been a little disappointed in Sharp. 
He's only young. He's still got a long way to go. I think he's going to be really good. 17% shooting is obviously putrid. Or Jabari Walker, that's two good games in a row. 13 points, three threes, two blocks. I cannot wait until Jeremy Grant gets knee soreness for the fourth year in a row in um, February and Walker's the starter and puts up top 70 numbers. If you have any ability in a, any sort of deep situation to stash Walker, I can't guarantee you this, but I can go close to it. Jabari Walker is going to have fantasy value later this season. Him and Kamara, and, but Walker's a better permanent player. They're going to have good fantasy value late in the season. Probably Reith as well, or Reith. Um, yeah, not much else going on with that game, unfortunately. Pretty, uh, pretty annoying performance from the Blazers in general. All right, and then the final game was the Kings with a pretty comfortable victory here over the Lakers. We're on a back-to-back. They win it 125-110. Sabonis played 39 minutes, 29-16-7 with three steals and a block. The buy, the buy low bump, kicking in for Sabonis, who's been really putting up good numbers. And how about your mate, Fanapants Kevin Herter? Well, he was on the sell high list. You might be able to try that again. 38 minutes, 28, 4, and 7, 6 triples, 2 steals. The reason it's very easy to consider him a sell high is he's just shooting unbelievable. 55% from three, tons of it. This man lost his starting spot to Chris Duarte in preseason. Now, he's obviously better than Chris Duarte, but he's not going to continue to play at this level. This is a really good hot streak. You can roster him. You don't even have to sell him high. You can just roll with what's happening because it is really good. But it's just not going to stick, I don't think. 38 minutes for De'Aaron Fox. 28, 5, and 5 with four steals while Barnsey. I said that wrong. I just almost had like a breakdown because I said it wrong. The pencil, Harrison Barnes. Barnsey played, um, man, the music. It just doesn't hit without the music. Barnsley played 39 minutes, 13, 1, and 2 with four steals. Four steals from Harrison Barnes is a miracle. Do not roster him. Keegan Murray had been playing well. He did not play well. He had a trip to the locker room, but he did return. Nine points in 31 minutes. He's going to be up and down. He's a rookie. You know, he's a young player. He's not that young. He's a second-year player who's going to have inconsistencies in his game. He's reliant on shooting. Uh, he just didn't get the usage in this one. You still want to roster him, of course, but it will be up and down. And the same as it's up and down with Malik Monk, who had just three points in 21 minutes, but did have five assists. Unfortunately, shot just 13%. With no um, no Alex Len, no Trey Lyles, although Lyles is getting uh, close-ish. Um, Len, uh, was, uh, no, McGee was the guy, yeah, JaVale. Uh, nine minutes for JaVale, 7.6 rebounds. Wow, that's pretty good from old mate JaVale. Obviously, we're not adding him anywhere. For the Lakers, groin spasm legend, Anthony Davis, 9 and 9. Yuck. 9 shots as well. 33% shooting with 4 blocks. He did not look comfortable at all on a back-to-back. But, you know, they've got to play through it. You've got to not be soft. You've got to go through it and get your 65 games. LeBron had 28, 10, and 11, 4 steals and a block. I said I wasn't going to say it anymore, but this man's 38 years old. He's going to be 39 in like uh, 6 weeks or something. How is this possible? And he was injured on the weekend. D'Angelo Russell, 28, 5, and 5. He's really putting up some strong numbers. Austin Reeves, 34 off the bench, 9, 11, and 8. We love that. That's solid enough. And Cam Reddish, 32 minutes. Five steals for Reddish. That's what I view him as. He's shooting really, really well from three, which isn't going to stick. He's at like 53%, I believe, from three for the season. He had 16 points in 32 minutes. I don't believe Cam Reddish is a must-roster player. You can stream him in, but it isn't going to stick. It's going to drop, I believe, when both Vincent and Vanderbilt return. He's not going to play enough minutes or shoot this well to be useful enough. I would not do it. Torian Prince had seven points in 25 minutes while Hachimura uh, dropped off. Someone said to me, is it possible Rui has just improved? And I said, ah, maybe, but he's also not going to be this good. Five, zero, and zero with zero steals and zero blocks for Rui. He just isn't a very good player. And I know that it will compete because he's one of the weirdest players with stands in, in the NBA. He's not that good. 
He's a terrible fantasy player, and you shouldn't be rostering Rui Hachimura, who's apparently 41% rostered in 12-team leagues. What? And then Christian Wood, the crucifix played nine minutes. It took less than four weeks for the Lakers to go, uh, thanks, but no thanks. This man's going to be out of the rotation when Vanderbilt returns. Obviously, obviously you can jack off Christian Wood. And that sounds sacrilegious, but you can do it. He can go, bye-bye. He's terrible. He's bad. And he can go. That will uh, that does that does it for the games. It doesn't do it for the show, but it does do it for the games. So now we get to come in and have a look at our recap of our um, streams of the day. So let's see how we went. There was only two players on the stream of the day. It was a lot of Skylar Mays, and then for deeper leagues, it was a lot of Matisse Thibel. So Mays had 13, 1, and 4 with a steal and a block. So for 10-team cats and 12-team cats, I think that's okay. 21 fantasy points, you probably could have done better, but it's not a disaster. And then for 14 and 16-team leagues, it was Matisse Thibel, and that's one of the biggest thumbs you'll see. 13, 3 and 3, 3 steals and a block with 3 dribbles. An amazing game from Thibel. A really interesting deep league player, but not a 12-team must. Just a stream sort of a guy. Um, Just a stream guy when you need to use it. So let's look at uh, the monstrous line of the night. This was, I think, probably the most closely contested final result for a monstrous line of the night that we've had all season. I thought until about you know seven minutes to go in the final games that it was going to be Damian Lillard, but no. Two guys battled, Sabonis, LeBron. And in the end, DeMontis Sabonis gets it. 29, 16, and 7 for Sabonis. He narrowly edges LeBron James for the monstrous line of the night and whatever else they're doing. The waiver wire line of the night, the best performance for a player. Rostered in under 50% of leagues, this one. Not that close. Malik Beasley gets it. Banged in eight threes, had 30 points, shot 79% from the field. Really, really straightforward one. That one, the young gun of the night, the best performer for a first or second year NBA player. We go to one of the early games. In fact, the earliest game of the day, we go to Dallas for Derek Lively, the second, who had 17 points, nine rebounds, and two blocks in his, like, 23 minutes. And the dud of the night. Ooh, a few options. Do we dominate our way through to this one? Or is there another player that we can go to? To show that I am not biased, Just I, I'm not, but this guy was just also shithouse. It was Kobe White. Five points, one rebound, one assist, 20% shooting. Dreadful stuff from old Kobe. I would still hold. Now we look, finally, the top six players for the day. How are we going to phrase that? I need a better transition into that. It doesn't... It's not really flowing, but it doesn't matter. You don't care. The top six players today, Sabonis at one, then LeBron, Lillard, Durant. Look at those names. LeBron, Lillard, and Durant. Um, Kevin Herter somehow slipped in there, old fan of pants, and Bogdan Bogdanovich with a solid performance to get into the top six lines of the night. Your um, top six players under 50% rostered number one was Malik Beasley, followed by, uh, what did I call him the other day? Alfred Horford? I think it's Albert Horford. Someone corrected me. Albert Horford, Derek Lively, who should be rostered in 12s. Matisse Thibel, really good game, probably shouldn't be. Derek Jones, I'm very borderline with Jonesy. I've got him in a 12-teamer. It is a deeper 12. I think it's a locked-on fantasy basketball bowl. But he should be rostered in more leagues than he is. And the last one is Alex Caruso, who, honestly, I think you probably grab him in 12-team categories, but probably not in points. Your 12, well, your top six players in points leagues for today. Number one was Sabonis, followed by LeBron, Lillard, Julius Randle, Evan Mobley, the Koala. And at number six was Jason Tatum. And guys, that will do it for me today. Don't forget... Follow this podcast, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app tomorrow. 
3 p.m. Eastern, me and Dan Titus live answering your questions on YouTube. And if you are on YouTube watching this, thumb it up and leave your comments down below. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.